Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. We are back here in the friendly confines of the home office here, the posh new studios that the Blaze put together for us about a month ago. Greetings. Hope you had a great weekend. I am Steve Dace. We are live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre. It's been a while since we've all been together. I think it's been a week. Pretty actually, close to it, yeah. With our various travels and things of that nature. We have a we have a lot going on on the show today. Uh, we will get to uh, Bob Vanderplotz will join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll get to some Ask Me Anything uh, next hour as well. I, I want to begin though with a, a a couple of housekeeping items because they're all good, and all of you get at least as much credit for it as uh, as any of us do for sure. Number one, uh, want to mention. Uh, the success of our first foray into children's books, Why Thanksgiving. The Pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they loved God. That book has done so well that um, we may, in fact, have a series. Uh, got a call from the publisher late last week. They're already asking me, so when are we doing the next one? What do you think it's going to be? So I, I am actually thinking about that as we speak. I, I'm I'm confident what the question is we're going to answer. Not as confident, again, that I can write another manuscript for a children's book because it wasn't easy to write that one over there. I mean, it, it took me... I was on Eric Metaxas' show this morning before I came on the air here. As I said to him, I, I had to write eight edits of this manuscript. Typically, when I write a book, we have a round or two of edits and we move on, you know? So it's not easy, but... Um, it is something that is necessary to try to pass on our heritage and legacy to the next generation at the same time that it's being robbed and taken away from us, of course. So um, want to say thank you for that. Also, late last week, uh, we signed our three-year contract extension with Blaze TV. So we're here for another three years. That deal expires on December 31st, 2025. Uh, it begins on January 1 when this current contract expires. So uh, without question, that doesn't happen without all of you. So uh, we wanted to say thank you to all of you. Um, and and um, how do I put this? I, I am surprised, honored, and pleased at how our show continues to grow given how challenging we can be. Um, it, we are certainly not for everybody. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll ever be, you know, top five, top 10 show. Uh, we are a show of nonconformists. Uh, we aren't eager to belong to a tribe or a narrative. We are skeptical by nature including of the things said by the people we happen to agree with. And in an era where critical thinking has largely not been taught, and if anything is is penalized, that is not an easy thing to monetize, <laughs> all right? And um, we're just very thankful to all of you and to everybody at The Blaze. There are very few places that we could work that would give us the freedom that we have and and pay us um, you know, what will support our families without any strings attached at all. 
that at some point we got to take one for the team. At some point we got to look the other way. At at some point we have to be a stenographer for a party or a person or a section or a faction of a party. And by God's grace, this is one of the few. So that's why we're here. And it's one of the few places that we could actually probably be and do the show that we want to do. And the response that we have gotten from all of you is what has made that more possible than anything else. So thank you very much. And then finally, this weekend, I will be screening the completed version of the nefarious film for the first time. I'll be showing um, the any my investors have not seen any of it. My group that we paid for the film, they haven't seen any of it. They're going to all see it for the first time this weekend. Of course, I've seen the rough cut. Todd and Aaron, you have as well. But we're gonna we're gonna see all the bells and whistles. Um, we get to see it this weekend. Very excited about that, and I cannot wait for all of you to see it. So we are we are getting closer, and we will begin having distribution conversations after the Thanksgiving holiday. So. I wanted to begin with those three things because it is important, I think, during these difficult days to remember and count our blessings. That despite the angst we are all feeling right now, we are still the most blessed people that God has ever allowed to grace this fallen creation. That we still have more freedom and liberty, even in our diminished capacity than any other people on earth has. And that there is still ample opportunity for the truth to have its day and for our, our worldview to be successful. And in, in some way, the, the success that our own program has had. And the content we have produced over the last few years is a testimony to that. So I, I want to make sure that we keep some perspective here because much of the rest of the show is going to probably force us to confront some things that in the past we would rather not even want to have to question. And it's so weird too. I have to tell you, I, I, I took my family after the election to the, uh, up to the big house. First time we had been there since 2016 uh, to watch uh, our beloved Wolverines play. And You, you wouldn't know that this stuff is all going on. Yeah. You just wouldn't know. Even in a left-wing college town, I think I saw, and I mean, I, I spent 48 hours in the heart of Ann Arbor. I might have seen a couple of rainbow flags. That was about it, man. Rest of it was pretty normal. You know, normal stuff. People of, you know, different ethnicities, races, backgrounds, getting together, no conflicts, cheering the same thing, booing the same thing. I mean, I'd, I've been on numerous planes in the last week. They were all sold out and full. Heard like no nothing divisive, nobody arguing. Very, I'm not even sure I heard anybody even talk about the election. That could be looked at the other way too, that we're still drowning in complacency, but it was... It was strange to be, you know, in, in, in the part of the state that is the most responsible for Gretchen Whitmer's resurgence, but you wouldn't have known it walking around and talking to most people. It was just a normal day in America on a football weekend. 
those two things are related. They might be. They might be. Oh, it, there's no might about it. It, it. it was it was a fascinating dichotomy, though, because I mean, I my head was on a swivel. I mean, I was waiting for a costing conflict. I mean, I I sized up probably more people walking into places and as they walked by me than I can ever remember. I mean, I I mean, I I was I was being I was doing my job as father and husband. I was being diligent, you know, and. People couldn't have been kinder, couldn't have been nicer. It was, it was very odd. It was very odd. And I know because it's kind of what we've done in the past that a lot of you are probably tuned in today and have had an extended amount of time off and a lot of times, a lot of times I should say, when I've had an extended amount of time off, I come in with like an epiphany, Right. I had another one while we were off, but this is different than any one that I've had before. I, I I had about, I don't know, four or five listicles or talking points, big picture stuff, what now, where next. And every time I tried to start them, I just heard a still small voice in the back of my head say, stop. So when I left here last Monday, I was, I can't remember the last time I was more confident about an outcome than when I left here last Monday. It, it has been a while. Can you guys remember? I mean, it has, it has been, a, it has been a while. Yeah. And I think what, what I need to do more than anything is to take a step back and show some of the self-awareness that the other side pretended to show for about five minutes after 2016 when they were as confident as you could have possibly imagined about an outcome and got throw punched. Right. And they came back for the next day and pretended to show some self-awareness and pretended to act like, what did we miss here? How do we miss this? And it barely lasted that day. And then they proved for every day thereafter that they did not mean it. I'm not sure what's going on. I have some general ideas. I'm not entirely sure they're correct or to what degree the ones I'm right about are correct or to what degree the ones I'm wrong about, I'm wrong about. I, I have some things that I absolutely believe, but I'm not sure they're knee jerk. I'm, I'm not sure they're not emotional. And they come with a certain amount of collateral damage. So I want to make sure I have these thoughts and reactions for the right reason before I drop 
any more turds in the punch bowl. Things are more difficult enough already. The Saul David act we got last week. Things, th- things are difficult enough already. So I am going to act out of type. I'm going to listen more here for the next at least a few days. Probably even this week at least. Doesn't mean when you ask me questions next hour, if you ask me questions, I'll give you the best answers I can. But I also think that there's a possibility I may have some answers to questions now that I won't have in a couple of weeks or a few days. This was the most clarifying election of my lifetime. But I'm not sure the path forward has clarity. I think if you believe, I'll say this, and then we'll go to Aaron. If you believe this is just as simple as we have to do our own ballot harvesting and shut down the other side's ballot harvesting, then I I don't believe you truly grasp the depth of the problem we are in as a people. On the other hand, if you think the other side's ballot harvesting is not a problem, I think you are part of the problem. In between those two points, I think there can be a lot of smart people. I think there could be a lot of people with good intentions and right motivations who can disagree within those two points. And that's why, for the time being, I'm, I'm going to try to do what the other side didn't do after 2016 when they got sent a message. I'm going to actually try to listen and see what the message is. And now here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a spirit of the age wet dream. Not only was the spirit of the age affirmed in many places around the country with last week's midterms, not only are Republican and Democrat leadership ecstatic with the results, the infighting has already been dialed up between Donald Trump and his supporters and supporters and admirers of Ron DeSantis. As you're already aware, it began last week when Donald Trump released a statement on Truth Social comparing the amount of votes he received in the the 2020 Florida presidential election to the votes DeSantis received in his gubernatorial re-election last week. Then he released an even longer rambling statement accusing DeSantis of working with the Republican establishment and colluding in a plot to block Trump from running for president again. Trump also took pot shots at Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin as well as Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears after the latter declared it was time to move on from Trump. In completely unrelated news, Trump last week signaled his continued support for feckless House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, as well as his support for progressive Republican Elise Stefanik as GOP chair. So anyway, we never really left 2016, did we? The state of Arizona hasn't left 2020 either. They're still counting votes in the Grand Canyon state. Republican Carrie Lake trails Democrats Secretary of State and gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs by about 26,000 votes. Somehow, every batch of votes counted since Election Day seems to be favorable to Hobbs. Here's Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates. So again, This is very common. I know people are very anxious to get the results, but there's nothing out of the ordinary here. And the reason that, again, we love having you guys all here, the reason you're here is because these races are so close. 
In Nevada, numerous media outlets have called that Senate race for Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto over Republican Adam Laxalt. Somehow, every batch of votes counted since Election Day seems to be favorable to Cortez Masto. The Senate will remain in Democrat control, apparently. Republicans are still somehow expected to eke out a majority in the House. A number of Republicans, including Senators Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, are calling on Mitch McConnell to delay Senate leadership elections until after the Georgia runoff. McConnell, of course, is ignoring them. Other Republicans, like Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton, have signaled they still support McConnell. A federal judge has blocked the Biden administration's attempt to relieve federal student loans for millions of American borrowers. 18 to 29-year-olds voted Democrat at about a 63% clip nationally in last week's midterms. Regardless, Biden took a victory lap last week. Biden's being a popular, a pop, a, a, a cop, a, Biden's being extremist. And now this, lost in the whirlwind of last week's midterm elections is the story of Sam Bankman-Fried, lauded and borderline fellated by most of mainstream media for the better part of the last couple of years for his role in creating one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges, FTX. At about this time two weeks ago, Bankman-Fried's net worth was well over $10 billion. Today, it's zero dollars. The long and short of what happened is that Bankman-Fried's company, FTX, mishandled about $1 billion of its clients funds and basically pissed it all away. Back in 2020, Bankman-Fried was the second largest donor to Joe Biden, giving over $5 million to two super PACs for the now president. And finally, here's Congressman Eric Swalwell responding to a quote of Senator Tim Scott saying Republicans are putting parents back in charge of their children's education. Quote, please tell me what I'm missing here. What are we doing next? Putting patients in charge of their own surgeries, clients in charge of their own trials. When did we stop trusting experts? This is so stupid. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by My Patriot Supply, which I'm going to guess this will be sadly another month they're going to tell me you guys are selling the hell out of this. Well, we're not selling any of this, actually. The <laughs> we're just telling people where to go. The spirit of the age is selling My Patriot Supply all by itself. Get their three-month emergency food kit because the odds have greatly gone up in the last week that this winter you're going to need it. Uh, $250 off plus free shipping. That includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. 2,000 plus calories that you and everybody in your household needs. And it's delivered discreetly and free of charge. You don't want to pass that up. This is the lowest price they have offered in several years. And you can get it right now with preparewithdace.com. Again, go to My Patriot Supply at preparewithdace.com. One more time, that's preparewithdace.com. To the montage we go. And I had said last week that I thought it was a meh election, that it was a C election when we needed an A and had no excuse to get anything less than a B. If Carrie Lake loses in Arizona, it's an F for me. I know we've talked about her um, physical attractiveness. I hope you guys know us well enough to know. Yes, we're men, but we're largely teasing where that's concerned. We wouldn't give her up how hot she is if she wasn't the candidate that she had been for the last year. Might be the best candidate I've ever seen. And a chance to add in her own way another Ron DeSantis level of governor. And right now, she needs about 75% of the remaining votes, and there's 75,000 votes left. 
So I don't think the odds of that are very high. What transpired last week, I thought by everybody pretty much, was not constructive and inexcusable. And I'm going to put myself in there as well, because I think everybody's accountable, ourselves included here on the show. Since, since 2016, and these are numbers as of yesterday, since 2016, when Republicans had total control, Democrats have flipped five governorships, and we're talking about in places like Kansas. They have flipped five Senate seats. Well, four with Georgia to be determined. And now, actually it's six governorships if we count Arizona, because I don't, I don't think Carrie Lake's going to win. That's been one of the saddest things I've said on the show here on Many a Moon. And these aren't exactly happy times to begin with, but I don't think she's going to win. So that's six governorships they flipped, five Senate seats they flipped, 35 House seats as of yesterday's numbers. Now, since I came up with that data point, there have been a a, a few places called for Republicans, so that number would now be probably closer to 30, but by now you get the point. Whose fault is it? Everybody's. It's absolutely everybody's fault. If you don't think Donald Trump makes things more difficult than they have to be, then I, I don't, I just don't think you talk to a lot of people other than people who think exactly like you. If you think that he is the lone cause and culprit of all of this, (laughs) You're probably not tuned into this show anyway. (laughs) All right. Mitch McConnell was a problem long before Donald Trump ever came down the escalator. We had these conversations. I'm not surprised that he spent $20 million trying to help a Republican beat a Republican in Alaska that he didn't spend in other places. He has long hated his base. I mean, I just feel like I'm doing shows from 2014 now. That's nothing new. Now we're going to advocate for Kevin McCarthy for speaker. What's the difference between Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell? I'll tell you. They're the same guy. It's just McCarthy is shameless enough to go down to Mar-a-Lago and kiss Trump's ring, so he has Trump's endorsement. McConnell is too old school to do that, so he doesn't. That's really the only difference between the two. One guy went to Mar-a-Lago and the other guy didn't. That's the difference. When I said a few minutes ago, I'm going to do more listening because I'm going to stop talking here in a minute. This is what I mean. To me, the path forward seems so obvious that I, I, I must be missing something. When you're the Detroit Lions 
and you haven't been good for decades, and you have Barry Sanders on your team, give him the ball. And they did, and they went to the playoffs five times. Give, give that guy the, give him the ball. I mean, it seems so obvious to look at the places where you won, starting with Florida, and then just duplicate everything that they did and go to the people that did it, that I'm having a hard time understanding why anybody has a different opinion. And that's why I want to just take a step back and make sure there's not something I'm missing here. So I'm going to listen more. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, I'll start off with Trump. This is just deja vu. Yes. We, we, this is what we thought of him in 2015. Uh, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. We talked back then a lot about the environment and how you can't change it. Donald Trump is the environment. He's just the weather. I, I tweeted about this. He's the wind. He ruins plans. He wreaks havoc. Uh, it, it, but it, it just is what it is. I, there's nothing surprising about any of this at all to me. So to me, like last time, it was, it, it was way more eye-opening last time. The notion that you had the best conservative as a prime uh, presidential candidate in the form of Ted Cruz that any of us, Steve, my age and Steve's age, had experienced, and you chose Donald Trump. We learned a lot about the environment back then, but I don't. I just don't think there's anything. We have DeSantis again now. DeSantis. Uh, let's let's just make our peace with this. Donald Trump is here because we deserved him. If we couldn't beat him, he was a reckoning. The same will be true again. If he ends up being the nominee, we deserved it. He ends up winning the presidency or losing the president. We deserved it. I, I'm not going to make this all about Donald Trump. As I've said many times on this show before, one of the smartest decisions Steve ever made was after he won, after being never Trump, saying, let's take a look. I, I'm just not, I'm just not going to hate him just to hate him. And that's important, not because he was a great president. It, it, it's, it's not about him. It's about us. It's about us. We are never, ever going to get to the answer Steve just talking about, about, um, if this is if if the answer that seems so simple isn't simple for other people, what do we do going forward? Whether it leads to electoral success or otherwise, we're not going to get it obsessing about Donald Trump. We we just aren't. So analyze it by all means. We we're, I, we can't forget about it. He's going to do things. We're going to say it's dumb. It's stupid. Uh, that was smart. That just like we did before. At least I, uh, that's the path I'm going to take. But. I, he cannot be the thing that we lose our minds over again. This, it, it, we, we've seen this exact 
movie before, which is why it's being played back on us. Anybody want to break that trend? I do, so I'm gonna. Quickly, there are a couple of, that's well said, Todd, uh, a couple of things. One is more granular, and then one is is meta. Excuse me. One is, I, I think there is no one reason across the board why last week shook out the way that it did. Uh, There are some themes. I think there are some themes. One is if you're in a location where if you are um, continuing to count votes or there are still outstanding votes, if there is like a better than like one in three chance that you have in the back of your head that you're going to get called or called into question uh, legally for what you're doing, Republicans won, generally speaking. If there's less than one in three chance, you're continuing to count and fortify and finding ballots. I think that's one theme. However, that does not explain places like Kansas and that House district in Washington that was, what, plus 12 or 13 in 2020 for Trump? The Joe Kent district? The Joe Kent district. That doesn't explain places like that. That's an inexcusable loss. That's the sadder commentary here. Because what that says is that in many places in America, whether it's blue Washington or red Kansas... You cannot put up a candidate there who just basically says, I have a functioning brain. I believe in objective truth. Boys are boys and girls are girls. That message doesn't win in a lot of places in America. And that's the meta picture that makes the the conversation about Trump and DeSantis look so puny on Mm -hmm. its face. Hmm. That's well said. We'll come back. Bob Vanderplatz will join us next. Tailgate season is here, of course, and if you're heading out, <clears throat> pardon me, you're going to need a great cooler, and you can get one from our friends over at Tyga Coolers, heavy-duty, built-to-last coolers that come in lots of colors, and they can be customized for personal or corporate gifts or events. Best of all, they really keep food and drinks really cool. I've got a customized Tyga cooler they did for me. Um, i tell you what they did, but we probably violated a copyright with what they did for all three of us. So we probably shouldn't tell them what they did, but we can just say they're really cool. Yeah. They're really nice. Well, let's just say we're getting closer than ever before these days to telling them what they did. <laughs> there you go. It's a veteran-owned cooler company made in the USA. They employ actual Americans, almost unlike almost every other cooler company out there. They don't have products that are made in China, and they also come with a lifetime warranty as well. If you want to get 10% off, use the promo code Steve. When you go to taigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A, taigacoolers.com, use the promo code Steve for 10% off at taigacoolers.com. Let's bring in our good friend Bob Vanderplatz. First time you and I have had a chance to chat on the show post-election. How are you? I'm doing really good. So I would normally say after an election that the Iowa caucus cycle begins five minutes after that but does it this time or are we still frozen here in 2022 i think it started earlier this time earlier this time i did well first of all we saw a lot of candidates crisscrossing and we do that every cycle we see candidates saying they're here for 2022 but we all know the real reason why they're here they're here to cast their vision for 2024 and that they could be the candidate 
Where I say it started earlier this time is when you saw Ron DeSantis's just dominating win in Florida, and then his speech, his victory speech afterwards, uh, I think it blew up right then that uh, game on. And so I think uh, although DeSantis has not visited Iowa, he's not declared himself a presidential candidate, I think what happened in Florida said game on with the Iowa caucuses or the Republican primary. To your point, pardon me, sorry, sinus infection finally hit me. Um, This is a primary poll that just came out that was done by the Texas Republican Party. This is this is their poll. Okay, they last did a poll of the 2024 Texas Republican primary. They last did it on October 23rd and it had Trump at 46 percent and DeSantis at 29 percent. Everybody else, by the way, in low low single digits. I mean, Texas Republicans had Ted Cruz at 3% in Mm. this poll, okay? In the current poll, by the way, Cruz does not even show up, right? He doesn't register, okay? So today's November 14th. This is three weeks ago, all right? Not even a week after the election. Not even, yeah, and it's three weeks ago. That's it. Same, Same polling company, same state. Ron DeSantis, 43%. Donald Trump, 32%. Everybody else in low single digits. How do you explain such an instantaneous turn of fortune like this? And what is, for the Republican Party, this is its most important state. It's, it, it's the largest traditional red state in the country. It's, 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 it's what California and New York are to Democrats is what mm-hmm. Texas are to Republicans. So this is a pretty good, probably representation of what Republicans think nationwide, at least to some degree, even if the results might be closer or they might even be reversed. But clearly there is some prevailing wind happening here. Why? Well, that, that's more of an objective measurement. Um, subjective measurement is I would back that up. I've heard from people all over the country. These are leaders in electing a a conservative, in particular a Christian conservative, to office. A lot of them have been very pro-Trump, not because of who he is, but because of what he has done as president. He actually did what he said he was going to do. But you can't beat somebody with nobody. And all of a sudden what you saw is that we've got a somebody, and that somebody's Ron DeSantis. I think the key is there, Steve, a couple things. One is... He flipped Miami-Dade County. He blew up the numbers with the Hispanic community. He won Florida by 19 percentage points. That's unheard of stuff. I mean, this is a toss-up state, a state that the national media is always pointing to. Is this going to be red or blue? And whichever way this goes, the presidential election is more likely going to follow that way. If he takes Florida off the map, one is if he's selling in Florida that way, my guess is he'll sell around the country that way as well. He brings a lot of the Trump-esque qualities about I'm willing to take on the establishment. I'm willing to take on big business. I'm willing to take on politics as usual. But he does it with the demeanor and a basically central casting family that people are going, this is this looks like the future. It's time to turn the page. And I'm hearing this from Trump supporters, diehard Trump supporters, that I think it's time to move on. And I think it's what that poll was indicating. It's time to go to a different person. We're going to have complete and total control Republican control in Iowa 
every meaningful office holder, maybe for the first time ever, mm-hmm. certainly for the first time in, in, I mean, at least a century, or if not yeah. longer. What, what has happened in Iowa that they can't make happen in Arizona, for example? Well, one is you have a governor in Kim Reynolds. Um, and and if, if we're transparent, you and I knew Kim Reynolds well before she became governor. And did not anticipate right. she would turn out to be the governor yeah. that, at least I didn't. Yeah, we, we knew become. her as county treasurer. We knew her as uh, state senator, then as lieutenant governor. We thought she'd be a great cheerleader for Iowa. But we didn't believe she would have the courage of convictions to actually lead the way Iowa needed to be led. And boy, did she show courage of convictions. But two is, and not to toot her own horn, but the family leader has been operating the Daniel impact here in our state for now over eight years, where you're bringing the church to government to speak into them as a person, as a fellow shepherd and as a partner. And it's making a difference. The church here, we're seeing unprecedented church engagement in the state of Iowa. And I believe that makes a huge difference. But Steve, it's not just Iowa. You take like two other two other states that we have in the Daniel Impact, Ohio, typically with this toss-up state, you know, what which way is it gonna go? You don't get to the presidency unless you win Ohio. Ohio looks as deep red as any state right now. Ohio has changed. Florida has changed. Trump absolutely gets credit for what's happened in Ohio. Without question. So what I'm saying is that you got three states that are changing like crazy. And I think what you're seeing is that it's, well, in Florida's case and in Iowa's case, it's bold and courageous leadership. I would not attribute that to Governor DeWine in Ohio, but to Governor DeSantis clearly and to Governor Reynolds clearly as well. What do you say to people who are listening right now and say, that, that are going to say, it, it doesn't matter who you nominate, as long as this ballot harvesting operation remains in place, in places like Arizona, Pennsylvania, et cetera, they, they simply... They cannot win. It doesn't matter who you nominate because of the ballot harvesting process. Well, there's no doubt that the ballot harvesting is an issue. We've talked about this on your days of WHO radio. We talked about absentee ballots need to become back in check to where what it was meant to be intended to be this mail in voting, uh, the machines, the ballot harvesting those. So in Iowa, we believe we have it right. Remember, we believe we have a great system here in Iowa. We talked about two years ago, we had a congressional race come down to six votes and no one yelled fraud. Right now, we have a a new set of votes coming into a district in Davenport of a candidate that won by 27 votes, a candidate that we endorsed and supported. But we kind of have trust that the secretary of state uh, and our system is going to either validate those ballots to be accurate or invalidate them. You have to have trust. And these are state issues. Thing that is, Steve, That's the thing. A lot of people listening right now don't have any trust. Well, right. But so, for example, in Pennsylvania, they should have been running the table on election integrity a long time. And they had the legislature and they had a governor that could have done that. They had all the offices to make that happen. Arizona, the same way. But what you don't want to do is say, hey, the feds should take this over. That's what Biden wants. Biden and Kamala, they want the feds to take over the election system. Why? You haven't seen nothing yet if you think this ballot harvesting is an issue. You need to get control of your states. What's the most disappointing thing to you about what we learned last Tuesday? Well, I think, you know, last week, Monday, when we were on this show, um, I was predicting, I think you were joining in, and Todd and Aaron as well, it looked like it was going to be a great night. Uh, we, th- we saw it being a red wave and a red tsunami. Uh when we take a look back at there, there's some shining stars of what it could have been. And part of us were in Iowa, so we probably felt it different as well. And Iowa proved to be 
that red wave, that red tsunami. And not only did we increase the number in our majorities in the House and the Senate, but the quality went way up. And I loved how one person talked about in the Des Moines Register said, what did you learn after this? It said, if you oppose Kim Reynolds agenda, watch out because she is serious about her agenda, meaning she made a huge impact in this election. So that was a good thing. However, candidates matter. Endorsements matter. Message matter. We saw that all throughout the country. And so we should have had a red wave, red tsunami. The fact is, what we said, or what I've talked to you about before on this show, if we make the 2024 election, the presidential election, about what happened in the past and how we got screwed in the past, we're going to get beat. What Americans want, I believe, is what they saw in Ron DeSantis. This is about a vision for the future. This is about how you win in the future. That's why I think your polls are changing as well. Are you concerned our people of the country are pretty demoralized and are thinking that the process is crooked, fixed, and so it's just not relevant to engage it. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I fight back on that every time. First of all, correct the process. Get involved to correct the process. Be, be a ballot watcher. Be whatever it is. But, for example, I've talked to my peer in Arizona because these votes are way different than Iowa's votes or Florida votes and that stuff. She has told me, she goes, we don't see any evidence of fraud. This is a system Arizona has in place of double-checking the ballots. But I'm telling you what, the longer it takes to count those ballots, the more ballots that come in, it creates doubt in people's minds. And I think you have to be concerned about that doubt because then people don't trust the election process. But I'd say engage the election process at your state and at your local level. You have a sports background. You I were, do. You were a high school mm-hmm. coach um, and you're a sports fan. Mm-hmm. If you were watching a football game and there were 12 instant replay reviews of that game and they all went one way, how much confidence would you have in the instant replay system at that game? You want. You want. But the other thing to that point, though, Steve, and I've talked about that as a coach, I talked about that as, as somebody as a leader in elections, you still have to play by the rules of the game. You may not like the rules of the game. You might not like, you know, the the let's have a, um, a challenge, let's have a video review of it, I get, but you still got to play within the system of that game. So whatever they come up with, you need to learn the system in which you're playing, then you better play it and play it well. And you better learn about what's happening. And if you think there's a better way to play the game, change the process. But do not walk away from it. You walk away from the process, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You will get beat every time. How do we ballot harvest? How do we do that? Because to me, it, it, it seems, I've, I've seen this argument a lot over the weekend, well, Republicans need to ballot harvest as well. Uh, I, how do you, most of our people, how do you, Todd, you live in, you live in Carlisle. Yeah. How do we ballot harvest Carlisle, an excerpt like Carlisle, Iowa? How would that how would that work? I don't know. I, I don't either. I, I have no idea. Like we have 99 counties in Iowa. 89 of them are rural. Primarily rural. So how would we how would we are, that's where a lot of our people live around but, the but, country. But, but here's how do we ballot harvest? How do we ballot harvest Kansas? How does that look? Well, first of all, let's talk about the difference, though. First of all, in Iowa, we have a system that we can trust, so therefore celebrate the system and see if you can export that system to other states. Two is this whole idea about ballot harvesting. You need to make sure every vote is legitimate. Ballot harvesting, say, I'm just going into an area and I'm going to take as many ballots as I can of it and cast them the way I want to do it. That's not a legitimate vote. That's where the state needs to intervene at that point. 
But if it's going to be a system of you can mail in your vote and you can mail in early and you may want to do what, you know, you got to play by the game that's played or the rules that are set. So what could we do differently then? Well, what we could do differently is, is what we try to champion. I think Iowa's been a leader in it. Let's try to reduce uh, the, the conditions for fraud in an election system. Let's try to make that absentee really gets back to what, what absentee meant for. And let's try to encourage day of voting type thing. And let's make sure there's an audit trail after a machine counts to make sure that these are the right. We've talked about this a lot. The thing is going to be a state by state issue. It's not going to be a one. If it's going to be a one size fits all, that's when the feds are in charge. When the feds are in charge, I don't trust it. What could be, do you think it's, let me put it this way. Do you think it's possible Ron DeSantis could win Pennsylvania? Yeah. I think it could crush Pennsylvania. Because a lot of, because I, I will tell I you right now, crush Arizona. most people listening right now or watching don't. I don't believe that for they a second. They don't think so he I, can win Pennsylvania. They don't think mm-hmm. he can win Michigan. They don't think he can win Wisconsin. No matter what he does, that, that Trump got lucky in 2016 and they closed the back door and put ballot harvesting in place with 2020 and the lockdowns. And that means forevermore, no matter who you nominate, that person could not win those places. And, and I don't mean to be argumentative. That kind of talk track's going to get what you want. I believe Ron DeSantis dominates Michigan. He dominates Pennsylvania. He dominates Arizona. And I, and I think for us, and we've got peers in all those states, you make sure that your elections have a high degree of integrity. And part of that is you have Republicans, you have Democrats, you have independent poll watchers. Engage the system. If you believe you're getting the shaft on this stuff, correct it. Get involved and engaged. Do not walk away from it. And make sure that you got you guys got state legislators going into session here in January. Make sure they're taking this on. But don't watch. It's just like having uh, boys playing girls sports. You don't go, hey, you know what? Uh, we're fixed. It's done. You know, that's just going to happen. It's the way it is. No, you go back and you fight about it. That's what we're about. We don't sit here and say, woe's me. However, the big issue that we need to think about, and I believe it's been shown all over in the 22 race, candidates matter. Mesh, message matters. And I think you saw that with DeSantis and Reynolds and other bright spots across the country. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Keep voting. Get your system right. And you're in Arizona. We mean it. Keep voting. <laughs> day after day, hour after hour. It's We don't have election days. We have election festivals now. It's a bountiful harvest, Steve. Indeed. The harvest is plenty and the workers are many. Indeed, <laughs> they are. Keep voting and voting and voting and filling out and photocopying and photocopying. Just keep going and going until you got what you need. Hate the game, not the player. Right? I don't know. I, I think the odds that one side would win every single instant replay are fairly remote. Fairly remote. I'm not sure what strong stance to take. Okay, I'm not. I'm not sure what strong stance to take, which is why I'm really for the first time not looking forward to an ask me anything because you guys are going to ask me a bunch of questions. They're going to force me to take stances on things that right now I don't want to take stances on. But why not? Let's do it anyway. Just wait till we talk polling. Oh, gosh. Ask me anything. Listen to that at your own peril. Coming up here next. Stay tuned.
All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre. All of you, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show, Steve, at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me. Uh, over on Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace there. And you can get clips of the show free to watch, free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. For those of you that are podcast listeners, thank you very much. We appreciate you. You're the big reason why we signed a nice contract extension last week. Please show your appreciation for us. Leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow on the podcast platform of your choice, Todd, do we have, <clears throat> pardon me, do we have podcast five-star questions this week? Do we have any? There's one. Okay, because if you want to be considered for the next Ask Me Anything, embed your question into your five-star review, and you'll go to the front of the line for consideration by Todd, and one of you will get on the air here momentarily with this week's Ask Me Anything, which is also brought to you by our friends over at Public SQ, more important than ever, for us to build the parallel economy so we can stop funding woke corporations that seek to divide us. Big banks that want to freeze your assets and accounts if they disagree with your views. And a supply chain that is dependent upon countries that actively work against American exceptionalism. It's time for us to change all that. And we can start with our wallets and we can start by using the new act, Public SQ for Public Square. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, the coffee shop that took a stance against the COVID mandates, or the bank that will never cancel you, Public SQ is your guide. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Create a free account and begin your search. Again, that's Public SQ. That's the app in the Google Play and Apple App Store. And you can also list your business for free so your local community can find you today if you download Download the app, Public SQ, for Public Square, Public SQ. And with that, let's get to it. Uh, most of these are going to come from our followers over on Gab, but we begin, Aaron, with a five-star review question. Of course, I've not seen these ahead of time. Todd has selected the ones that he thought would be the most interesting to be answered on air. Aaron, let's get it going. This is a five-star review question from somebody named YouTube, usually, who says... Should I wait until after the 2024 presidential election to leave Michigan and move to Florida? So here's the thing. One of the reasons why Republicans are going to win the House is because four districts were flipped in upstate New York. Or Long Island, actually, I think is where it was. One of those two places. Four places were, four districts were flipped in New York State because though Lee Zeldin did not win, he won a strong enough race statewide that it turned out in some of those areas that are a little bit more red friendly, it turned out more of those voters. And chances are, with the final count, you're going to need all four of those red seats out of New York to get a Republican majority, or it'll be pretty close to that. Okay. And why is that important? Because that's really our only opportunity to get any hearings on COVID stuff at all. And the only opportunity to stop and gum up whatever they're going to concoct over the next couple of years on the other side. Pardon me. Um, Why do I bring that up in relationship to this question? 
I'm I'm doing a lot of listening and observing right now. And maybe that won't make for as much interesting content for you. But what's one of the things I hate in the world more than anything else? Not knowing the truth. Or being wrong. Yeah. Which are kind of the same thing. So while I still think as a general rule, you are wasting your citizenship in most of these blue states, I also have to recognize the reality of that situation. Now you could flip that the other way and say, I don't know, maybe if those people that flipped those four congressional districts lived in Pennsylvania instead. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You might have a Republican governor and I guess a Republican senator there in Mehmet Oz. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So I, while, I, while I still think we have to balkanize more, I think we might need to balkanize more strategically. I mean, Florida is in pretty good shape right now. I mean, if you want to live in Florida because it's, you know, no winter and a lot less income tax than what you're going to pay in Michigan, go for that, okay? But strategically, Florida is in really good place. This might be more like leave Maryland and go to Pennsylvania. This might be more like leave Illinois and go to Michigan or Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? It might, it might be more than just a blanket leave blue to red. Is that fair? Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of that from me, by the way. A lot of it might be. I, I don't, I, I need to find out what it is I don't know. I don't know what that is yet. Here's if, the, if I did, I would, I would know it, but I don't. Here's the tricky thing about it. It's what you said earlier, that you see the truth so clearly and you have a hard time with the fact that other people might not connect those dots in the same way Mm -hmm. the simple fact of the matter is while it might make mathematical sense what you've talked about about leaving places and now even that you've modified it instead of all the way across country just going one state north or one state south Mm mm-hmm Again, we're talking to people that can't even be bothered to get up and go to their school board meeting. True, true, true. I'm, I, <laughs> pretty much everything that I really think right now is going to piss a lot of people off. But I don't know if I think it because I'm pissed off or it's because it's right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And... I have no problem pissing you off if I think I'm correct. I think I have, have I've proven that over the years. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not sure how much of it is driven by my own anger and frustration and how much of it is driven by objective information. And that's one of the reasons why right now I am in, um, I'm, I'm in a, I'm gathering more intel. Because I got to tell you, man, waking up yesterday and seeing the amount of people on, I mean, nothing is peak American conservative. Like jumping on Twitter on a Sunday morning. And never referencing Jesus, but making sure to tell everybody your vote doesn't count when you've never been to a school board meeting. You masked up your kids to go to school. And you probably don't know the name of your state legislator. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but but I'm not sure how much of that take is I'm just angry and frustrated. 
And how much of that take is a legit take right now? So that's why I'm holding my water a bit. I want to see things play out a little longer. I mean, I just, I just, I, I literally got emails from people last week telling me that Ron DeSantis was an establishment hack who was secretly meeting with Kevin McCarthy behind Trump's back. And Trump's out there endorsing and pushing McCarthy for House Speaker as we speak. I, I mean, I just, if you guys know me at all, when I see that level of dumb, I want to destroy it. Absolutely destroy it. But that may not be the right instinct right now. Might be a better instinct to just let's gather more information. Next up, we go to Gab submissions. JRS Kalf says, why does Gen X have such an impotent effect on society? Are we that lost? Did we just get caught between our technologies or nostalgia? We have good people, but it seems we can't push the generation in front of us out of the way. And at the same time, we're being run over from behind. In the boomer generation, we gave up control of pop culture, academia, and education. And now their grandchildren have come here to deliver the harvest result of that. And as Barack Obama's former pastor once said, Americans chickens are coming home to roost. That's what. This was always bound to happen. We just pretended like it was not. Like we were just going to like go on infinitely getting away with allowing this programming. Did you see the margins that Katie Hobbs got at Arizona State University? <laughs> no, but I mean, Kim Jong Un. I mean, it yeah. was, it, that's what it was. Yeah, it was that level of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you were, you were. I, I mean, this idea that we were just the silent majority, and we were going to continue on, just handing stuff over, handing it over. I've got bills to pay. I've got a life to live. It's all about me. I'm just going to hand over all my citizenship, hand over all my institutions, hand them over, 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 then be shocked and stunned to learn there's a deep state and a swamp and blah, 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 right? And tune into Hannity tonight. See, this is why I, this is, I'm going to stop. Next question. If I may. The of, good, cor- by, the, of course, by The all good means. people part. I'm gathering intel and I'm listening. Yes. Don't kid yourself. Listen. I mean, we're Gen X. Have you, if nothing else, have you watched our generation parent? Your your kids are the Gen Zers who are voting like they're yeah. under the reign of Kim Jong Un. We we're terrible at this. We're terrible parents, and and I'm talking about people I see on the right that they're they're really bad at it. They want to be their parents' friend. They're constantly making excuses for them. Comfort, 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 comfort. No, no. that's our number one job. And we failed at it and failed at it badly. We're not good people. Apparently, this may be shocking. But there may be more to this than watching Fox News all day and voting Republican. Like I had, I had, I, <laughs> I had somebody email me last week because for the life of me, I, I could not understand 
why Trump just went full King Saul on DeSantis before the campaign even gets going, right? And someone sent me this note, and I think it's 100% right on the money. Well, he's just sitting there watching Fox all day. You were, you were pointing out yourself, and I was last week. They turned this thing into a DeSantis telethon, right? You know, he's just sitting there watching Fox all day long down there at Mar-a-Lago, pissed off how much they were talking about DeSantis. So, whammo. Which is the kind of comment you said about Donald Trump four years ago. So let's and, not be surprised about anything. And I thought, I thought that's exactly what probably yeah. happened. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Or we're just, I'm, you know, we're just reacting. We're just watching Fox all day and we're voting Republican and Mitch McConnell will run the Senate. And Tom Cotton, by the way, your conservative Arkansas heroes, all for Mitch being in the Senate, you know. Apparently, Marjorie Taylor Greene's now yeah. pro-McCarthy, too, apparently, you yeah. know, because I guess Trump is. So you have to follow, you know, you got to go where the, the meal ticket is, I guess. I mean, this is just, I, I'm just, and here's the thing. I don't give a chit if your mom is the Speaker of the House, if they do the job. I don't care what faction they're from. I, when I first got into this business, I was heavily involved in that, heavily. And one of the first things I did is I got a bunch of Christian conservative leaders, one in particular, a spot. At, I, I, I used my show as a platform to get him elected, our Republican National Committeeman. He was the biggest whore of them all, just a complete and total whore. Like, just a total whore. Like, will turn tricks for winks level of stuff. Like, you know, I was, he was awful. What, in, in all my years in politics, he was absolutely the most duplicitous, crooked person I've ever met. And that's saying something. And that's when I realized I got to get out of the faction business. We tried it again with the Tea Party. That was good for about 10 minutes after they got elected. Then they all got co-opted and most of the leaders were grifters too. I mean, at this point, I don't care... If you like Trump, are Trump, hate Trump, um, impersonate Trump. Um, I, I, if you're Trump adjacent, if you're Trump afar, do your damn job! And I'm for you. And if you don't, I'm not. I don't know Ron DeSantis. I'll say it again. I met him for 20 minutes in a hallway at CPAC. 10 years ago. Don't know him at all. Don't know Casey at all. Spent far more time around Donald Trump than I have Ron DeSantis. I just look at results. All I care about, I don't care about your factions. I don't care about your idols. I don't care about my own. You want to know what my idol is? Results. That's my idol. Oh gosh. If you get it done, if you just do your job, I don't care. A bunch of people sent me notes about Carrie Lake going off on Ron DeSantis last week. Just change your mind about Carrie. No, I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't care. Too many of you do. Too many of you are into the soap opera, man. I just. I don't care. Just give me results. That's all I want. Results. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers. We ain't friends. I don't need it. I don't. I don't need a. I don't need an inspirational figure. I don't mind one. Maybe you would have preferred one. Don't need it though. I just, you know, I don't, I don't ask my janitor when the plumber comes because the septic gets backed up. I don't ask him his views on Calvinism. I don't. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't, don't ask him to give me the mission vision statement of his church and does it line up with rightly dividing the word. I just want to know, can he, can you unplug my septic, dude? Can you do that for me? Cool. Yes. Great. No. Then I don't care if you have the perfect theology. Yes. I don't care if you've got a nose ring and a ring under your waist. I never want to see. I don't care. Just do the job. That's all I care about. But too many of you, you do care about that. I mean, I, the amount of emails I got last week telling me that Ron DeSantis was establishment. I mean, I was just, I thought, sickening. Your children. This is why I'm going to listen more. Am I doing a good job? I as think I am. best you can. I think I'm doing a good job. I'm going to listen more. Because it's just so dumb. And you guys know how much I love dumb. I mean, I love it. I can't get enough of dumb. I like it when it gets dumb. That's when things get really fun. And I'm really likable when it's gonna, dumb. Your plate is going to be full then. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> what have we done? Two questions? That's okay. I'm listening great. I'm listening great. Hey, Todd, Listen. we're going to need a bing for every time uh, the word dumb is said here. It's just, it's just so dumb. I mean, it's just so dumb. All that matters is results. That's all that matters. If, if, if more of Trump's candidates had won, he'd be unstoppable for the nomination. More of them didn't, so now people are questioning him. Absolutely. Are they stealing elections? Absolutely they are. Absolutely. Is Paul Ryan terrible? Well, yeah, but, you know, Trump's the one that endorsed him, not Ron DeSantis. So Ron DeSantis is establishment because Paul Ryan endorses him, but Trump isn't because Trump endorsed Paul Ryan. Do you know what sense that makes? It's the same as it's been since I know. 2015. Did, did, you know, did you know Heidi Cruz worked at Goldman Sachs? This portion of the show brought to you by Real Estate Agents I Trust. And these... Fairly common, apparently, and totally, you know, never-ending and just repeating <laughs> incessantly times. There it is. Bing, bing, yes, bing, yes, bing, bing, bing. All the bings. <laughs> yes. Broken. Yes. Make sure, like any other day, because nothing's changed, and it is like any other day. Make sure that you go find yourself an agent that you can trust with our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. Our team makes the introduction and follows you through the, the buying and selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents we worked with have long track records and they are the best sellers in their field. And oftentimes they're a part of this audience. So, you know, they share your values and that's why you can find one of these almost anywhere you want to go or get away from. Chances are, like we just said, they share your values that we've got a waiting list of people waiting to get listed in our database because we don't just take anybody. We do vet them first. So go to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Provide us with some basic info. Our team will contact you to make an introduction to our preferred agent in your town at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. We move on to Jim who asks, can you explain how we went from a D plus three electorate in 2020 to an R plus five electorate in 2022? And yet the number of Republicans and Democrats in the House will remain almost the same. Reapportionment, uh, reapportionment after the 2020 census should have netted ours five or six seats. Is the data science of redistricting so good that the number of swing districts is now in the single digits? So this is an excellent question. Uh, this is something that uh, Daniel Horowitz and I wrestled with on his podcast last week. I recorded a pod on Daniel's show the day that we had off last week. And... Um, there, there's a there's a ratio of answers here, uh, and 
or I shouldn't say there is a there's a formula of answers here, and I'm not sure which ratio each each factor in the formula amounts to. Um, number one is the ballot harvesting. I mean, as I said last hour, I mean, if you're watching a game and there's a dozen instant replay reviews and they all go to the exact same team, you know, the odds that all the mistakes would be one way are fairly remote. (laughs) All right. We'll say if not, you know, impossible to infinitesimal. Okay. Um, Especially with how would you feel, by the way, if that one team um, determined what the rules for what gets reviewed and who the reviewers are? How would you, how, oh, and who gets to comment on the reviews? And if they don't like your comments on the reviews, they just, you know, throw you out of the game, right? Yes. How would you feel about that process, right? Wouldn't that feel great? That'd feel great. This portion of the show brought to you by Fakebook, which uh, shut me down for 24 hours last week because I put up a link to an official government testimony from a Pfizer exec before the European Union Parliament. That's, that's, I put that up and they locked me out for 24 hours for parliamentary testimony. So things are good. Things are going great. Right. Uh, so that's a factor for sure. But there are other factors here. Um, redistricting is absolutely a factor. The polar, the balkanization is a factor. This goes back to the question I answered a minute ago that we might need more nuance than get the hell out of Michigan and move to Florida. It might be get the hell out of Maryland and go to Pennsylvania. Because what we're seeing now is what we saw in this election is the places like the states that were already pretty red are like beat red, B E E T red beat red. Like Democrats are extinct in those states thereabouts. I mean, here in Iowa, our Senate president lost his election. And Republicans still gain two state Senate seats, if that gives you any idea. Okay. Democrats made our state Senate president, Jake Chapman, who's a conservative, they made him their, their number one scalp. And they did, they got him, barely, but they still lost Senate seats in Iowa. So with that balkanization, they're just, they're, there may not be the votes to win in New Hampshire because too many of those people have left and moved to Florida already. Does that make sense? Okay. So I think along, and that factors into the redistricting as well. Both sides, we just had a census. Both sides are going to draw districts to their favor. The blue districts are going to be even bluer. The red districts are going to be even redder. So that is a factor. Those, those two things also factor into this equation, which is why we may need a more nuanced approach to balkanization we may need to say, you know what? Iowa doesn't need any more people right now. Go to Minnesota. Just something I think we need to put on the table, okay? Because, you know, the, the second that comes out of your mouth, though, you just realize, oh, we're good here. You move to the crappier place to try to erect. I mean, it, it's not going to work. Here's the thing we need to make a note. We, we, and I probably should have said this earlier. And someone's like, I can't believe you're ignoring, I got an email, I can't believe you're ignoring the spiritual component here. That's us. Yeah. That's us here okay. on the Steve Day Show. Are I literally just got me? this, no, I just got this email five minutes ago. The lead, the okay. lead to the, today's montage yeah. was a spirit of the age wet dream. That, that, that's, that's us on the Steve Day Show, always ignoring the spiritual <laughs> stakes we're playing for here. Oh, see, 
Isn't losing fun? Wasn't this it? Is why, why, JFK was right. Victory just, has a thousand fathers and defeat is an orphan, brother. Absolutely. Yes. Wait, it, why? It's not, Trump's not the problem. If you write an email like that. Here's the thing. There is a spiritual aspect to this. And I said this to Eric Metaxas on his show this morning. It is very possible that God is saying to us, I'm tired of you giving the Republican Party that hates you honor, glory, and commitment you don't give to me. Yeah. It's entirely possible that that's on the table. I want to see you stripped, I pray of, that's on the table. stripped of all your yeah. shibboleths. I want to see you stand in the gap. Kyle Rittenhouse did more for your God-given rights this year than almost any Republican that you just voted for would have done. And he did that by acting on his God-given rights standing up in a court of law and defending them and saying, here's the evidence. Here I stand. I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul and winning. And by the way, Steve's been saying that kind of thing about the Republican party before Trump was even hosting a show on NBC. So what, what is with that email? I, 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 I if that is, you know what, that might be actually the best possible outcome. If that is the case, that this is a message from on high saying, no, no. No more watching Fox News all day and voting Republican. Get on, first of all, get on your knees and then get on your feet. That a tree is known by its fruit. Faith without works is dead. It is time, time to show what you believe. You have had it too easy for far too long. This sort of remote control citizenship not happening anymore. Time for you all to face at least a small taste of what the saints of old that came before, long before you, what they had to face. But they did it without the agency that you have. They did it facing life and death consequences. You might just lose a job. You might lose a relationship. You might have to flip churches. You might have to move to a freer place. They couldn't move. So they had to sit there and get funeral pyred. They had to get drawn and quartered. They had to get martyred. I think it's entirely possible that we are being put in a position where we have no way out but through. We have to confront this. We have to be willing to show we will stand in the gap. That outsourcing this and citizenship is entertainment. The soap opera, the drama, the melodrama, the personalities... God has no respecter of persons and doesn't care about any of that stuff. I think that's a possible message we could have gotten out of this election. Yeah, but this is my point, Steve. By the way, that, that email that I mentioned did not mention Trump at all. They just said you guys are ignoring the larger but spiritual component here. Because that's what we do frequently on the yeah. show. We just constantly overlook spiritual angles. This is my point earlier when you said we just had this election. And then you went to the football game. And when I said they're too related, odds are our, our willingness, our desire to just go back to normal no matter what. You know, that stadium, could you just randomly pick people and throw however many fit inside uh, your stadium there? Could you randomly pick them and have a more conservative sample than you probably have in that stadium, right? Football... Fans are, are more conservative than your average bear in many cases, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Typically. Yeah. There they are. 
I, it, that's the thing. This isn't about football. It's, it's about our race to get back to normal no matter what. I, that's, that will be undefeated. I promise you, it will be undefeated. Look at, look who was on that ballot. That should have incentivized everybody there to be, you know, after COVID, and now they're going full on parental rights. We, it, nope. Why? Why? I don't, all we do here is talk about the spiritual component. Every single day, that's I mean, this, all we talk about. The legit results, whatever they may be, were determined by a spiritual component. Yes. Unmarried women, particularly Gen Z women, railing against the loss of their shibboleth Roe v. Wade, voted resoundingly in one direction, completely different than the rest of the country. With, and so, I mean, to me, that's, that's the, the, the smartest analysis I've seen of this election before it happened was one that I didn't agree with at start. I can't remember which one of you told me about Charlie Kirk warning about that. Mm-hmm. He turned out to be prescient, exact, unfortunately, exactly correct. That is an absolutely a spiritual component. Absolutely. We'll come back. More of your questions. We'll see if I have any answers. I probably don't. Next. It is difficult to avoid doing business with people who hate you, which is why when the opportunity presents itself, take full advantage of it like it does when it comes to a product we all use these days, our mobile phones. That's our friends over at Patreon Mobile. Make the switch today. I know what you're thinking. Man, that's a pain in the rear. And, and my family was thinking it too. We finally decided to do it. And everybody has their breaking point. For me, it was when T-Mobile decided they were going to try or to start censoring your text on COVID if they didn't like it. That was my, okay, I'm out. I don't care what it cost. It didn't cost more. I don't care how much of a hassle it is. It wasn't a hassle at all. I'm making the switch. We did, and we have not looked back. They do a phenomenal job. You'll probably get the same coverage you already have because everybody pretty much uses the same towers as everybody else. And you can take advantage of their 100% U.S.-based customer service team. If you're fed up with woke companies, make the switch today. Support a company that shares your values. If you're a veteran or first responder, when you go to make the switch, let them know. And uh, they'll give you extra savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For everybody else, you can get, if you make the switch today, get a free month of service plus a free activation when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's a free month of service plus a free activation at patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. All right, let's get back to our Ask Me Anything, Aaron. Res325 asks, how can not all ballots be counted in Arizona? But they know Blake Masters lost, but they don't know the status of Carrie Lake yet. They are all on the same ballot. This confuses me. Please explain. And I apologize. I didn't. I forgot this was the next question we were talking about during the break. Mm-hmm. The treasurer, uh, the, the, the Arizona state treasurer candidate, the GOP candidate there, somebody pointed out on Twitter, just up a uniquely two, gifted political candidate, Up by 250,000 votes. Yeah. No other statewide Republican is even close to that. Just a uniquely gifted candidate, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, treasurer. Yes. And we have, of course, people pay that much attention to who the state treasurer is. You bet. Because they have a lot of power, right? Yeah. A ton of power. Absolutely. I mean, so it makes, makes total non-random sense to me, right? Again, just listening and gathering information. 
Uh, on the master's thing, I think what they would say is that uh, the ratio of votes to be counted, given how far behind he was compared to Carrie Lake, made up uh, made it more difficult for him to make up that ground. That's what they would say, I would guess. Which is interesting, because in the primary, Masters was the stronger candidate, remember. He rolled in the primary. Carrie Lake had to wait until well into day two for the votes to be counted for her to secure the nomination, as you'll recall. So, But that would be their answer, among many, for their legion. Next, we go to... Just listening and gathering information. That's what I'm doing. Actually, we go to Bird 4. Oh, wow. Good luck reading that. Yeah. Bird 4, who asks or says, In a recent hearing on alleged vote manipulation case, uh, Arizona Gilbert v. Lombardo, I believe, the plaintiff submitted expert testimony that the vote count as reported was mathematically impossible. He sought discovery to determine the actual vote. The judge dismissed his case because plaintiff did not submit evidence that an amended vote count would be enough to change the election outcome. Of course, the plaintiff needed the discovery the court denied in order to find that evidence. Given that so many courts are making these kind of heads-I-win, tails-you-lose rulings preventing legal relief and that government vote manipulation prevents electing new legislators who can change the law, is the next step a convention of states? Would that be effective or practical? Romans 1. Next. Buzz Oruzki says, Should conservatives in states like Wisconsin or Pennsylvania sacrifice the 2024 presidential election and put money on state and local races instead? In Wisconsin, we're close to a supermajority. We got supermajority in 2024. If we get supermajority in 2024, fix the election laws, then 2026 and beyond, it's a new game. Basically, sacrifice our queen. This is a very good nuanced question, but it has a, a flawed premise. I, I think the, the idea that you're going to get the last remaining seats you want... You could do that. You could do that regardless of of a presidential election if it weren't one. Like if it were a midterm, like this year. That's one of the reasons why I went down to North Carolina this year to do some events was to help encourage our people to turn out because they have the opportunity to do super majorities there. I know they got it done on the Supreme Court. I haven't heard an update on the legislature yet, but um, but that's going to be a presidential election year. So the the idea that it, you'll you'll be able to do that with a weak presidential candidate at the top of the ticket i i think that's highly unlikely that the stronger the presidential candidate it is at the top of the ticket in fact i would think given your efforts you're going to be more you're going to want to even more closely look at which of those candidates because here's the reality on on issues and, and on what they're going to say on issues there's not going to be much difference between trump and desantis DeSantis will be more proven on domestic issues. He did a lot of the stuff domestically that you wanted Trump to do. He did it in Florida. Trump is going to be more proven on foreign policy issues because that's the one area that, and that happens with any governor that runs, those views have to be fleshed out. We don't know. They haven't been tested on a world stage. We don't know. So if I'm if I'm a if I'm a Republican primary voter in Wisconsin, I'm I'm gonna there's not going to be much difference between those two guys on the issues. I'm really going to take a hard look at who has the best chance to win my state. 
because trying to get those last remaining seats for a supermajority and carry the jockstrap of the guy at the top of the ticket will be too tall of a task. You want the person at the top of the ticket providing coattails, not dragging you down. Does that make sense? Completely. Okay. That's one of the few I feel relatively certain with answering as I continue to listen and just gather information. FBigTech4040 says, can you guys arm us with three or four facts to immediately shut down anyone pointing to the new mask study out of Boston? We know the demons are going to push face diapers again and will reference that study, even though completely observational. Gigger, why do you think NBC News finally posted a story about the shot in myocarditis? I wasn't even aware of a new mass study out of Boston. And no, uh, for people that want, there is no study to show. Um, You have to just refuse to comply. This is religious. When, 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 When the Islamic horde showed up, there was no evidence that you were going to show them that charging a jizya would be counterproductive to the economic growth of the colony or the community. They were going to do that to you to show their coercive power over you. Had no real economic concerns. Putting masks on you at this point have no scientific basis or concerns. They don't care. You just have to refuse to comply and just say, I won't comply with it. So up your nose with a rubber hose. I mean, it's irrelevant. This goes to the point I was making earlier. There are no institutional saviors coming. Do I think Ron DeSantis is a preferable champion for us than Donald Trump? Does a bear poop in the woods? Hell yeah, I think it. I've been basically saying it for a year. Have I not just, how many times have I blatantly said it? People are acting like this is a new revelation. Okay, I've been saying this for a year. But I've also said, I don't don't know Donald, I don't know Ron DeSantis. He might go squirrely tomorrow. Would that be the craziest thing you've ever seen? No. no, we've seen a lot crazier. He might do something stupid. I don't know. Might get hit by a bus. I don't know. I don't know. Might be the next vaccine adverse event victim. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. You and I have to become ungovernable by the spirit of the age. Resting all your hopes in Donald Trump's and Ron DeSantis's or this institution or that institution, there are no institutional saviors. There is you, armed by your God, with his word and the courage of conviction to say no to the spirit of the age. Come what may. And that, folks, that has been the most effective tool for societal change this side of Eden in all of human history. God's people, even one people, saying that's got to be a no for me, dog. That's, that's been the most effective weapon there has been against evil for the last 2,000 years. And you don't need a political party for that. Don't need a constitution for that. You don't even need election integrity for that. You don't. And it's got to start there. If you're a couch potato citizen railing about election integrity. I'm sorry. Thank you for buying my books and tuning in, but you're part of the problem. That doesn't work. Next question. 
We go now to Dusty784, who asks, with the fall of FTX and its CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, being a huge donor to Dems, only second to Soros, and largely involved with Ukraine, is it a stretch to jump to conclusions that tax dollars were laundered through the Ukraine to fund Democrat Party war chests? Yes, because it wouldn't be just Democratic Party war chests. All regime-compliant war chests. And you're in the political party with many of them that are regime compliant. Again, I'm just listening, gathering information. But what did you think was going to happen after spending 30 years aligned with people who hate you? And please stop calling Mitch McConnell unprincipled. No one is unprincipled, except for sociopaths. Even if they have a principle feeding their sociopathic urges. Mitch McConnell's exceedingly principled. Look at the amount of hate from all of us he stands up to and does his own thing anyway. It's just his principles are different than yours. I know, though, you're one big happy Republican family. It's just his principles are different than yours. His principles are about coercive control and yours aren't. He acts in accordance with his principles very consistently and effectively, in fact. That's why he's wealthier than you and has more power than you do. He's better at this than you are. You're not going to beat him at his game. You have to beat him at yours. What is your game? Your game is, here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. And technocrats and tyrants like you come and they go, Hobbs. They come and they go, hell is full of them. As for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. That's our game. Our game is not their game. Our game is courage of conviction, not political fixation. That's our game. We've been playing their game for far too long. And so by doing that, we have enabled, aided, abetted, funded, assisted, elevated, should I continue, a whole host of people who literally and undeniably hate us and our God because they have an R after their name and we had to win the election, of course. Heaven forbid. So your question, while legit, is an insufficient premise. Guarantee you're going to find numerous Republicans on that list and you can probably name who they are right now. It's a big club, and you and I ain't in it. Am Nick. I still listening and gathering information okay? Am I still doing that okay? We're good. I'm trying really hard. Okay. Next up, I am Tim asks, did you watch the Dave Chappelle monologue on Saturday night? I did not, no. Okay, moving on. Uh, Doogie2 says, I know Aaron's little boy is too young yet, so I will ask Stephen Todd, what do your kids tell you about how they feel about growing up in this tumultuous time? Do any of them worry, and do you feel like they recognize the spirit of the age, or do they just roll their eyes and at uh, Dad's ramblings? Good question again. Um, until the last few years, we did everything we could to isolate, I shouldn't say isolate, insulate our kids from the world. They have the rest of their adult lives to know what the world is like. We wanted them to have a childhood. Um, and they had one 
and and hopefully they they will look back years later and think they had a good one not perfect but they had a good one overall mom and i worked very hard for that to happen and now that they're older um i think you still have a couple of little ones right i don't my youngest is 15 okay my youngest is 12 all right so not no, so you don't really have little ones so they're getting about close to the age of figuring out how the world really works but when when our when they were little ones we protected them as best we could and i would urge you all to do the same with your own children, you know, while also being smart, right? You know, like you teach your kids not to, you know, walk off with a stranger and things of that nature. They don't necessarily need to know the full reasons why, okay? Just, but protect as much of their innocence. Let them be kids. Let them be children. And uh, and they've got the rest of their lives to figure out what the world is really like. That was kind of how we rolled. Well... You're going to have to work harder. And again, that's not something most people want to do to make that happen in the future. In the past, you didn't necessarily have to do what Steve did. Homeschooling to make that happen. It's you're going or if they're going to be in a public school and I've I I've been argumentative with those who tweet out um, take their kids out of the uh, public schools uh, now. I do whatever you want to with your own kids, but that that club that is the public schools is like he just got Steve just got done talking about Mitch McConnell. They're champs at this. Look at what they've done. We have got whether you t- whatever you do with your kids, we've got to deal with the fact that the public schools are turning this young generation into what they've done. That's undeniable. So you're going to have to work much, much harder to protect them. Or if they're in the middle of it, increasingly at a younger age, we have to equip them. Just it happens to be my wife for a calendar that she puts together with our kids uh, on it every year, asked my oldest daughter, asked all our daughters, favorite Bible verses. Here are my, uh, my freshmen in college. Here's what she responded with. For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God bless her. Amen. What are you teaching your kids? Amen. One thing you can teach your kids about, a great ministry called Preborn. 80% of the time, when a mom hears the heartbeat of her baby, that's enough to convince her not to kill it. But what I love that they do at Preborn even more than that is they go the extra mile, the aftercare they provide, whether it's baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, uh, all kinds of maternity care. All of it is free because they get generosity from people like us. We provide that funding with donations. If you want to make a donation today, they've saved 188,000 babies and moms. They want to save 188,000 more. Uh, just got, just got, dial pound 250 on your mobile phone and say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. More listening and gathering of information tomorrow, I'm sure. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.